Good evening and welcome to the PCI Youth Ministry Training Call, a monthly youth ministry conference call. This is Justin Ranking and we welcome you to this call that is hosted by the UPCI Youth Ministries. I am joined tonight on our call by our newly appointed Director of Promotion, Brother Michael Thomas, and his family is currently in the process of working on moving from Alabama where he recently has served as youth president and he will be on site in St. Louis very soon, assuming that role in January. And we're very excited about that opportunity. He's going to be speaking to us later on in this call tonight. And um, now that our ministry name has changed to UPCI Youth Ministries, we've also transformed the name of this call tonight. So be sure that when you interact on social media to use the hashtags AskYM if you have a question. And also you can use hashtag YMTC for Youth Ministry Training Call when quoting or posting about tonight's call. This is call number 17 and we are thrilled to have each of you with us. Whether you are joining us live tonight or later this week, this will be converted into a podcast. We thank you for taking the time to listen in. Just want to remind everyone the purpose of UPCI Youth Ministries is to educate and engage. We want to educate students in their apostolic identity as well as engage them in apostolic mission. And we thank you as youth ministry workers for partnering with us to achieve that goal. And we say thank you for personally investing in this generation of apostolic Pentecostal youth. We believe that you are our heroes. And at the end of this year, as you're looking back, I hope that you can see what God has done in your youth groups and youth ministry. And we're thankful for the uh, opportunity that you allow God to use you in your local church. And we are living in a very unique time, and we must continue to be intentional and focused in our efforts. I hope that you're already praying and fasting and believing for what next year is going to look like in your youth ministry. As we begin this call, I want to open this call with prayer. And as we pray tonight, let's remember the Enzi family, Sister Rebecca Enzi. And her family today had the homegoing service in Washington for her father, Steve Lyman, who recently lost his battle with cancer, but he has won his reward with our Savior. So let's pray for tonight's call. Let's also remember the Enzi family as are, and the Lyman family as they're dealing with this loss. Jesus, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to work for your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that you care about students, you care about young people and churches. Thank you for these youth workers that have taken the time to listen to this call. We ask that you uh, touch Brother Zenobia tonight as he talks to us and open our hearts and ears to hear something. Lord, we ask that you would also bless the Enzi family. Please hold them up. Be the great counselor and comforter to them. We ask that your hand would hold them through this process. Lord Jesus, let your peace be spoken into their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I just want to remind you to use the hashtag AskYM. For any questions that you would have during our question and answer session and then when quoting tonight you can use hashtag YMTC. I want to introduce our special guest to you tonight, Evan Zenobia. Evan serves as the student resource editor at the Pentecostal Publishing House as well as the coordinator for Link 247 Digital Curriculum. He was born and raised in Wisconsin and although he currently resides in St. Louis, Missouri, he promises that he will never be a Cardinals fan. Go Brewers, he says. Evan is a graduate of Urshan College and St. Louis Christian College, holding a degree in pastoral counseling and theology. He has worked as a youth and administrative pastor in Washington, D.C., 
and continues to pour his passion for youth and hyphen generations into his work with the United Pentecostal Church International. And tonight, Evan will be speaking on the importance of curriculum. Evan, we are glad that you're on our call tonight. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak with us on this very important topic. We welcome you to this call tonight, and we offer you to take it away for the next few minutes and teach us about the importance of curriculum. Thank you so much, Brother Ranking. I just want to first off give honor to Youth Ministries. Uh, it's been a pleasure working with uh, Brother Ranking, Brother Carson. I look forward to uh, working with Brother Thomas. And of course, I give honor to uh, Brother Enzi and his family for uh, serving with them. It's been an excellent couple of years uh, working with them on a weekly basis. Um, I also want to thank Matt Woodward, uh, for all he did to help me through this process, as well as Preston Keller and Seth Boyd. They've been incredibly helpful uh, this week. Um, first off, I just want to say it. Uh, my job as an editor uh, for Pentecostal Publishing House, I handle all of our student materials, um, Word of Flame, the Discipleship Project, Link 247, um, and I recently stepped into the role as the uh, hyphen resource director uh, and so I just want to offer up to um, all of our listeners tonight that if you have any uh, questions beyond tonight, any needs uh, regarding curriculum and resources, um, please reach out to me. I'm sure that they will include contact information within the show notes um, somewhere at some point. I, I, I want to be a resource to you uh, more than anything. I just want to be available to our constituents, the people that need help when it comes to creating resources, finding resources, making a, a curriculum plan, anything in any way that I can be of help um, with your personal youth groups and even in your districts, I want to be uh, an open door to help you with those things uh, no matter what. I will, I will take time out of my day to help and aid you wherever I can. Uh, that being said, this call tonight is not a high-pressure sales call, and it is certainly not intended to drive you to buy our curriculum at Pentecostal Publishing House, but rather it's a calculated look at the necessity for a structure, a course of study, if you will, that will empower students to pursue excellence both in biblical understanding and spiritual application. Now, I do want to give you a disclaimer. Not all curriculum is created equal, and when we invest in curriculum that is not founded upon oneness, holiness, and the Pentecostal traditions solidified by the apostles in the early church, not only do these following observations that I'm going to share with you tonight not apply, but on a much more critical note, we jeopardize the education and spiritual formation of our youth groups and ultimately the future of our church. We need not be surprised if our students are bringing us questions that, that we don't feel are applicable when we choose to invest in Trinitarian doctrine and curriculum. We need not be surprised when we have kids asking questions about Calvinism if we invest in curriculum that is not apostolic, that is not Pentecostal, that is not focused on the doctrines that we hold dear to the United Pentecostal Church. And with that, I would like to, to start off with my first point in that curriculum is reliable. Humanity is made up entirely of unreliable creatures. You and I are flaky, uncommitted, and irresponsible beings prone to erratic behavior at our very best. The chief goal week in and week out is an effort in combating our apathy and our humanity. So how do we tend to deal with our, our, our well-known late friends that have a reputation for their tardiness? Well, often we tend to tell them that we are leaving much earlier than is our actual intention in the hopes that our planning 
stymies their best efforts at making the rest of the group late. I would tell you that the practice is much the same when we combat our flesh and the busyness of our lifestyles. If we create reminders and create a structure by which to operate, whether manufactured curriculum or one of your own personal design, we set ourselves up to succeed, ultimately following a formula to produce excellence in our teaching of doctrine each and every week. You see, when you create an atmosphere of excellence in your teaching, in your classrooms, then even your students are going to keep you accountable. They're going to want the good stuff week in and week out. They're going to want you to prepare ahead of time because they know they get the best out of you when you invest yourselves wholly and completely into what you are teaching and providing them each and every week. When we are most unreliable, curriculum providers provides us an undeniable structure of reliability that will always set you up to succeed. We are doing our students a disservice when we do not plan ahead when we wait to read or even create a lesson merely a day before what we consider to be, on average, 45 minutes of life-shaping life instruction. We would be wise to realize that this 45 minutes may be the most influential period in any given week for those young people. I hear all the time that we are a vehicle for the gospel, but sometimes with the way that we teach, we are a lot more like a lemon for the gospel. That's to say, how far are we getting them through our teaching? Are we content with just getting them out of the parking lot? Are we content with students just remembering what we taught just till they get home? Or are we ensuring that they take with them the truth all over this world, all over this world to the lost, those that are in need of the gospel? How are we preparing them and how far do we want this to go? What are we teaching them through our preparation and through our teaching? Number two, I would tell you that curriculum at its base and at its best is unbiased. I told you that tonight's call was not some sort of sales pitch, but with that being said, I am a company man. And I would be foolish not to punctuate that the curriculum that the Pentecostal Publishing House puts out is unlike anything sold anywhere else. I was privileged to sit down with a, a group of other Christian publishers about a year and a half ago. And it was there at that roundtable meeting with probably a dozen other publishers across the United States that I learned that not only are we the only publishing house that is growing, but we are absolutely thriving in comparison to these other Christian publishers. There is something special and there's something anointed that when we can publish the truth, God blesses that. God is looking out for our curriculum. God is looking out for the things that we put out in support of the United Pentecostal Church and all the people that buy the curriculum across the world. From the prayer that we put into our various levels of curriculum, Word of Flame, the Discipleship Project, and Link 247, at its inception to the dozens of hands that our curriculum passes through during its formation process, Biblically based and doctrinally sound, quality curriculum sheds its biases and seeks to deliver the purest teaching available to us. There are so many people with so many backgrounds, so many upbringings that touch this curriculum as it goes through these processes. And I would tell you that during that process of, of sanctification, I would say, that we begin to, to wipe away any of the biases that maybe each individual may have. And we begin to focus on really what is made up of the doctrine, what is made up of, of the scripture that is the foundation for everything that we put out. I was privileged to serve under uh, 
Pastor Jerry Staten in Metro Washington, D.C. for a little over two years. And during my time there, I was privileged to interact with and preach and teach classes and congregations in which some 30 countries were represented. Uh, I would tell you that those classes and those congregations often had uh, people from all over South America, from uh, the Ivory Coast, from Sri Lanka and India, um, from Vietnam and mainland China. Uh, these congregations were full and representative of so much more than we get to see on a daily basis in our own churches and even in our cities a lot of times. This was a very diverse church, and because of that, I got to see so many different upbringings, so many lifestyles, and so much more than, than what our American uh, understanding and living represents. It was through those experiences that I have shaped my own guidelines and worldviews for creating the curriculum there at the Pentecostal Publishing House. You see, we no longer live and work in predominantly white rural churches. We no longer operate with young people with a mom and a dad in every household. Youth ministry has become so much more. We are teaching students of all backgrounds and cultures, single moms, single dads, same-sex parents, students that have their own kids. This is the most diverse and dynamic generation the world has ever seen. And there is a need more than ever for a structure, a curriculum that allows us to transcend stereotypes, to focus on the purity and truth that the Word of God allows us. The youth of this generation deserve it, and we owe it to them to provide instruction that is all things to all people. The historically well-known Helen Keller was thought to be a lost cause because she was incapable of communicating with the world around her. You see, Helen Keller was deaf and blind, essentially rendering her mute because of her inability to communicate. Yet, a woman, a teacher named Anne Sullivan, understood that if she could simply teach Helen, in spite of what all the doctors said, in spite of what all the, all the, all the other teachers said, if she could simply teach Helen to make a connection between Helen's real-world experiences and the signals that she, Anne, relentlessly signed into Helen's hand, it would break down every barrier to communication that had hampered her to this point. Ann Sullivan would literally pour water through Helen Keller's hands and sign the symbol for water time and time again for months until a breakthrough was made. You see, when we can show our students that there is a visceral connection between their, their experiences, their pain, their testimonies, and the world that God portrays for us in Scripture through concise and persistent doctrinal teaching, there is no spiritual or physical barrier that can prevent us from changing their lives and the way that they look at this world or the manner in which they perceive their own circumstances. Number three, I would tell you that curriculum is eternally applicable. When we invest in curriculum that is scripturally and doctrinally sound, and can lean on material that strengthens us theologically in areas that we are not as learned in. We only seek to improve the overall experiences within our classroom. The Bible is a bottomless wellspring of truth and knowledge, as many of us are obviously aware. And to think that we could personally grasp every truth of every biblical focus is, is honestly ridiculous. Men and women alike dedicate their lives to the study of specific books, and characters in scripture. They dedicate so much time, thousands upon thousands of hours, they pour into certain aspects 
of, of just a few verses or passages of Scripture only to scratch the surface of the depth that their respective subject provides. People dedicate lifetimes to their studies only to glean a little from the depth that the Bible pro progresses. This is a book that has sustained man across worlds and across time. And yet there are times that we really think that we turn the story of David and Goliath on its head. I would, if only we could ever be so enlightened. I think we've all heard that there is nothing new under the sun. And so when we look and we look to craft these things, we think sometimes that we've put in 15 hours of study or eight hours of study and we've really broken through. I would tell you that, that there are others that have gone before us that have done, done this work and that we can rely on them through curriculum, through the study to, to really gain a, a, a more powerful uh, command of the scriptures to better teach when we rely on the things that are provided in curriculum uh, by those that went before us. Curriculum is a means to educate yourself more perfectly in a manner of understanding the scripture that would otherwise, otherwise not be possible without thousands of hours of study and meditation on his word. You see, the mass, vast majority of what we teach and preach was heard elsewhere before ever becoming what we perceive to be an original thought. Curriculum stands in a place of enlightenment, and by utilizing the resources at our fingertips, you're not taking the easy route. I promise you that. I promise that if you use curriculum, you're not saying, oh, I'm not listening to God. I'm not, I'm not focusing on myself. I'm not taking the easy way out here. But instead, you're ensuring that every time that you speak, you do so with an understanding and an authority proved by hundreds of biblical leaders and teachers that have come before you. There are some of us young people, younger people, teaching, teaching teens about relationships and dating and marriage when we don't have a clue ourselves. But there are plenty of others that are writing curriculum, that are preparing things about, about relationships, that are preparing things about church planning that we have no idea about, but they've dedicated their lives to the study and they're writing curriculum for us so that we can learn, so that we can glean more and develop ourselves as ministers to be more effective with our students. Our experiences undoubtedly shape our perceptions. I grew up in Wisconsin and for a short time in Michigan. And as some of you may know, it can get a little cold there. People are always asking if I'm excited for the snow, and my answer is always absolutely not. I've experienced thousands of inches of snow in my lifetime. That is not an exaggeration. Where my family currently resides in Michigan, we average about 180 inches of snow each and every year. I remember mornings that I would get up for school and snow plow about three feet off of my driveway just to snow plow another three feet after I've gotten back. And no, we didn't get snow days there. They were just so used to it. I almost wish I had had some snow dogs to get me where I needed to go. The last thing I want is to experience more snow, more of the same. Now, I don't really hate snow but we grow complacent in the familiar. Scripture and Bible teaching are like that snow. It's beautiful and majestic and intricate. Each snowflake individual and very, very beautiful in its creation. But the complacent and the bored and the ill-prepared can find that Scripture, without proper preparation, can be cold and dull. The eunuch found 
the scripture to be confusing and indiscernible because he wasn't properly prepared to experience it. But Philip, armed with godly direction, anointing, and the instruction from those that went before him, was fully prepared to show him scripture in a way that the eunuch could understand. When we prepare our students and rely on discipleship and curriculum, we prepare them for the stories and experiences they passed over time and time again in class because they couldn't feel beyond the cold. They experience the joy and truth and wonder that Scripture has to offer, even though they have spent their whole lives in this thing that we call the church. When we commit ourselves to proper teaching, to explorative teaching, to, to new methods and curriculum, we can show them a new way of enjoying the things that we teach each and every time and show them the depth of what the Scripture, what the Gospel has to offer their lives. You cannot know the ins and outs of every student's story, but God can. And his living word is more applicable than ever in the lives of those kids. If we put our time and our effort into the creation of curriculum, into the use of curriculum, it can be an incredible tool. We are at your call. We are here to provide the resources that you need. That I know that there are folks on here that are uh, bivocational, even probably tri-vocational, and they're working and they, they put their time and efforts to support their families, but they're also expected to feed some sheep. They're also expected to teach some kids about what it's like to live right, and they need help. They need resources, and we want to be there every step of the way, every price point, every, every opportunity, every question you may have, we want to be there every step of the way. And we promise you that if you would just reach out and contact us, we will find a way to make curriculum work for you. I, I want to give you my personal promise and my personal assurance that if any of you need anything from me going forward regarding curriculum, resources, about your youth and hyphen groups, please reach out to me. I want to be an open door, as I said before. Uh, to make sure that you are having the best possible impact within your classrooms and that you are changing the lives of those students, even if you don't have the right answers all the time. We know that God's scripture is perfectly applicable and that curriculum can pave a way to open doors of influence within these kids' lives. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brother Evan. That was some incredible insights in the importance of curriculum and great points that you made there. I want to I want to spend just a few moments with you um, going over some questions uh, that we have here for you. You you touched on this a little bit, but um, a question along these lines: How how do you recommend managing the tension that you might get that someone might feel between following curriculum on a consistent basis and then feeling like, well, I'm supposed to be led by the Spirit for a given class or a service? Um, I remember as a youth worker myself. I, one of my favorite things was to plan out the year and plan out curriculum, but I always tried to make sure that that was spirit-led. So how, how, what are some tips you could give us there um, on, on making sure there's a balance there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I would tell you this. God is, God is always a proponent for work, and he's always a proponent for putting work in. Um, he calls us to be good stewards of our time and of our efforts. Um, and when we can put together a schedule, even if it's a even if it's a monthly schedule, it doesn't have to be a year out. I know some of us, um, like you said, we, we like to prepare a year out, six months out, because we like to be thorough. But even preparing a month out 
shows God that you are willing to continue to do his work even in the times when he doesn't speak. Um, that's not to say that if he changes your mind and you feel like you're to be led somewhere else, um, there is there is nothing wrong with, with saying, putting curriculum on hold and saying, you know what, I, I wish we could continue on with this, but I really feel like God is speaking to me to, to talk about something today. Um, the truth is, if we put our efforts and our time in, and we, we create a plan going forward, it's actually going to be easier, an easier place for God to operate because you're not going to feel stressed when you have to put something off uh, when you've prepared it so far out. Very good. I, I agree. Sounds wonderful. When Let's talk about a little bit about um, do you feel that some might say that it could be, it could feel like you're, you know, it's, it's getting easier to be in a rut with curriculum um, when you're to where you're not studying and digging into the word personally, and you're solely going by the material, do you do you think that's a right mindset, or how do you, how do you combat somebody that might find themselves thinking that? Well, I, I will say this: when I first came on about two and a half years ago for the Pentecostal Publishing House team, um, the way that the curriculum was set up, I could actually see that um, being a rut that people get caught in. It was written out almost word for word. Um, in a way that people could honestly step into a classroom without ever having looked the material, open a book, and read straight through. Um, and we honestly had people even admit to that, to say, hey, it's just easy. If I forget to prepare, I don't have time to prepare. I can step in and read, and it feels great. Um, and what we've actually looked to do, um, and if, if they aren't aware, we revamped Word of Flame um, last year, last fall, uh, and we, we – change the formats around, we change the teaching style around um, to, to promote a lot more discussion, um, a lot more free flow to kind of allow teachers to, to implement their self on those lessons and teach in a way that is not controlled by just a word-for-word -word lesson. Um, it's a much more fluid teaching type that we promote within our lessons. Uh, and I would tell you that if, if you're not Again, you really are doing your students a disservice when you when you don't take the time to prepare even even a few days in advance to to even read through the lesson. I mean, I'm all for putting a, at least a couple hours of study time into each lesson prior to teaching. Um, but the truth is, even reading through it once or twice uh, in the days prior to teaching uh, can be incredibly beneficial. Um, it's it is on you. I will say that I don't want to pull any punches, but it is on you. To, to say, God, I need you to motivate me. I need to personally set reminders. I need to personally make sure that my, my you know, my pastor's reminding me, my calendar's reminding me, my, my notification client is reminding me to read, to study. Uh, I don't know. I have a personal deal where I have a reminder set for 11 a.m. every day, read my Bible, just because I know that if I don't have it on there, I'm going to forget and I'm going to make excuses. Absolutely. Well, that's wonderful. A quick, quick question here is, what is your all-time favorite church curriculum? All-time favorite church curriculum. I so again, I work with, I work with Word of Flame, the Discipleship Project, but I have to say that Link Two Four Seven is my baby. Uh, in the two and a half years that I've been here, I have poured myself into Link Two Four Seven. Um, I love it because it is a uh, relatively topical. Uh, form a curriculum that you can teach pretty freely month to month. It's in there in four uh, 
four lesson series and so you can kind of jump into a topic teach it for four weeks and jump out and there's no commitment necessarily to be like man I, I gotta set aside 13 weeks here to teach a quarter I love being able to jump in uh, teach what I need to teach and again it goes back to that first question if we I feel like God's leading me somewhere I can teach that curriculum and move it aside and say well I'm gonna plug in my own stuff this week Wink 247 the next lesson can wait till next week and there's no pressure uh, it also I will say this about Link. It, it has currently, we have about 65 series on there, um, and each series represents a month of material with another 20 planned, 20 months worth of material planned in the next year. So, at my absolute favorite by far. Oh, incredible. Could you, would you share the website where people could go to? Is it, uh, can you just remind us what that is to find Link 247? Link 247 is found at link247.org. Wonderful. I know that I have been on there a few times and have seen the incredible uh, resources as well, media, all the downloads. It's very cool. It has a great look, and of course, it's written by you know apostolic writers and great topics. Thank you so much for sharing that resource with us. Um, Evan, you mentioned earlier about people wanting to get involved and reaching out to you. Is it possible that people who might feel like that they're a writer, people that feel like they might have lessons that they could uh, share with you or be willing to contribute how, how do they do that how do they get involved in contributing to uh, church curriculum uh, like I said if we um, if we could include contact information in the show notes um, and then even if you would like to contact me personally at uh, e z e n o b i a at upci dot org um, that is my work email I would be more than happy to have a conversation with you about writing, about creating resources. Um, the truth is, if it's not for Link, if it's not for Word of Flame, then, I mean, working with hyphen resources, there are plenty of outlets that I'm sure that we can find a good place for someone that wants to be involved and feels like they have something to offer when it comes to curriculum. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, that concludes our question and answer time, and uh, I'm going to turn over rest of this call here in just a moment to our newly appointed director of promotion brother Michael Thomas um, brother Thomas and I are on this call together tonight because of the funeral that I mentioned earlier in the call that brother Enzi is there in Washington and brother Josh Carson our uh, youth president-elect is there representing youth ministries and so brother Michael Thomas and I are handling this call so I'm gonna turn this call over to you brother Thomas and allow you to close it out give us the announcement of next month's call as well as close this call out in prayer. Great. Thank you, Justin, and thank you, Evan. Uh, we've heard an incredible and important topic tonight uh, from Brother Evan. Um, if I may make a comment here, I was just thinking that uh, Evan was speaking about curriculum, and we all know that we have a charge from Jesus to go and make disciples. And when you think about it, proper curriculum allows us to conduct proper discipleship within our local student ministries. So again, thank you, Evan, for sharing uh, your valuable insight about this with us tonight. I um, want to make a reminder to uh, mark in your calendar next month's training call. Uh, next month's youth ministry training call will be Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018, and that will take place 8 p.m., at 8 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we're excited about having Preston Keller with us 
and Preston is going to be speaking on the topic of team dynamics, team building and team dynamics. So you don't want to miss that call again, uh, Tuesday, January 2nd, 2018, 8 p.m. Central Time. And at this time, I want to close our call with prayer and ask the Lord to bless us uh, before we step off this call. So if you will, I know everyone's pretty much on mute, but help me pray as we close this call. Lord, I thank you for the content and the words we heard tonight from Brother Evan. I thank you for every youth worker and youth pastor who took time out to be on this call and glean from our speaker so that they could be better servants to the students that you have called them to lead. Lord, I pray over these youth workers that they would be led by you to know the season that their youth ministry is in, and they would know what their students need to hear from you and when they need to hear it. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be better leaders and better servants to our students, continually growing and evolving as we teach these students and use tools such as we heard tonight, such as curriculum. Pray that you help us to lead and be always led and guided by your spirit as we touch and lead our young people. And Lord, I pray that you will continually bless the efforts of these youth workers on this call tonight as they disciple, teach, lead, and love their students. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, we want to thank everybody for joining the youth ministry training call tonight. Uh, this has been sponsored by the UPCI Youth Ministries and, of course, your faithful giving to She's for Christ. Once again, we thank you for being on the call with us tonight, and I hope you all have a great night. God bless.